0: Ladies and gentlemen, with a heart, a heart full of hallelujah and joy in my heart, ready to receive, let's put our hands together and receive the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams to his Ministry. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord.
1: Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we've gathered once again at your feet. Come from different works of life. We have all come with different needs. We need your master touch. Touch us like never before. Transform us. Help us never to be the same again in the name of jesus do a permanent damage to the works of the enemy in all of our lives to ignorance and to darkness in the name of jesus free us up from our father's demons and from the yokes of our mothers and from the curses of our bloodline give us the upper hand over national demons and curses. May we be like Jesus after today's service. Let the blessing of the Lord never depart from this house. Let your blessing abide. Let your blessing and ever presence, the ever abiding presence of God, let it always remain and dwell upon your servant David and Awo and the team and this house. Let your glory tabernacle here in the name of your son Jesus. And let, let every jealousy and envy and hatred towards David, Awo, and this house boomerang. Let it boomerang in the name of Jesus. And give them the apportion in the land. Let them find the apportion. A building tied up. Let it be discovered. Let it be released unconditionally, without sweat, without technicalities, without legality. Blow the mind of others, blow their mind, do the impossible. Show yourself mighty and strong. In the name of Jesus. And let what you do for them be better than the others. Make a statement through this work. Make a statement. God, it's been a long time since you made a statement. Make a statement. One more time. time. That the ignorance. The intellectual pride in the body of Christ may be brought low and that men will know that they are men and not God. Thank you. Now let me speak as the oracle of God with precision of speech, with clarity of thought, going beyond the reasonings and the logic and the philosophies and the arguments of man in the name of Jesus let all limits be broken let embargoes and demonic sanctions against your people and this house be lifted let every retaliations and reactions and demonic revenge backfire in the name of Jesus and let anyone that is upset and angry be put to shame. Yeah. Let their shame be permanent yeah. that divides the head of your people. Yeah. But as for us, O Lord, show us your glory. Yeah. Show us that glory once more. Show us the glory, O Lord. Let the dew of heaven bring the Every freshness. Show us the glory hands on your eyes, one hand on your eyes say in the name of Jesus let the veil be destroyed let the blindness be a curse and destroy let there be light like never before in Jesus name go ahead please give the Lord a praise offering amen you may be seated in heavenly places, it's always a great delight and humbling to be among God's children and uh, as much as you think it's your honor for me to be with you, it's also my honor. It's mutual. Amen. I feel great. You, you make me feel alive. Amen. So it's good to be with you. Amen i'd like to share with you a little bit on um a subject that has been burning on my heart i want to talk to you about supernatural provision by illumination tell somebody supernatural provision and i want you to know that there is no limit to how far you and i can go in the things of god there's just no limit God has never designed or planned any limit for you and I. The limit is always tied into our ignorance. What what you don't know is what kills you. See, I hear you. you. And I want you to know that whatever we need, you and I, to make life worth living and meaningful, whether uh, about the things of this earth, life, or things that pertains to godliness or life, was made available long before time began. Right in eternity before time began. Whatever you and I need to make life worth living and meaningful was provided long before you were born. Uh, The only reason why we don't have it is because of ignorance, darkness, blindness. The enemy has succeeded to veil us. But it is my prayer and desire that after today, the veil will be destroyed. And that the Bible said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the Bible said that the word took flesh and dwelled among us. And the Bible talks about the fact that this is the light that lighted every man that cometh into the world. Well. And the Bible said that there was a man sent from God to bear witness of the light, but he was in the light. And I'm here to bear witness of the light, but I am not the light. There's only one light. Jesus said, I am the light of this world. And aren't you excited that you serve the light of this world? Uh, you can't you can dwell in darkness when you sell the light. Say, I hear, you. I hear you. Second Peter one three. Second Peter one three.
0: Second Peter one verse three. Uh huh. According as the divine power has given unto us all things that pertain
1: unto life. Did he and say topics. some things? Did he say some things? He said what? All, all things, things that pertain to life. And godliness through the knowledge of him. Through what?
0: The knowledge of him. How
1: do you obtain it? Talk to me. How do you obtain it? Through the knowledge How do you obtain it? Through the knowledge. But it's all things that pertain to life and godliness. Wow. Through the knowledge. And this knowledge here is what the Greek calls prosk- proskoneos. You know. Um, uh, pre-nostos. Pre-nostos. Proskoneos is worship. Pre-nostos. And pre nostosia is the highest level of knowledge. We have different kinds of knowledge, sense knowledge, educational knowledge, experiential knowledge. Then we have revelatory knowledge. Revelatory knowledge is that which comes from above. Uh, it, It has nothing to do with the school you attended or your ability to read or to write. It has to do with illumination that comes from above. The Bible said that it's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty giveth him illumination. Are you hearing me, somebody? Say, I hear, I hear you. So all things that pertains to life and godliness, and it means, it means a good job, it means good health, it means husband, it means wife, it means breakthrough, it means everything you ever needed and desired and wished for. It's already provided. So, as you are sitting here, you are already made. You have already been made. You have no issue. You have no problem. The only the difference between you and where God wants you to be is ignorance. That's it. That's it. Every problem we have in life is a result of the lack of two things. Key and light. Because when you have a key, you don't knock at the door. You open you only knock at a door when you don't have a key i pray and declare by divine authority that after today you will not lock at any door in life anymore that you will open any door you desire in life say yes, yes. say yes, yes. say, yes. Yes. say yes. yes sit down for two minutes He said, all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. So God has not called us to defeat. He has not called us to shame or to reproach. It's the enemy that will try to shame us every now and then. But I'm telling you, if you have illumination, even what is called shame and embarrassment becomes a stepping stone to glory. Because you see, what the enemy defines as defeat and failure in the sight of God. Because heaven's definition of success and honor and glory is different from earth's definition of honor and glory. When Jesus hung on the tree, it was a curse, it was shame, it was reproach to man. But what was a curse, a shame, and a reproach in the sight of man, in the sight of God, was the glory of God made manifest. Say, I hear, you. I hear you. It was designed as long as man was concerned that this man is finished. This is the end of him. But what was meant for evil, God turned it for good. So it, it has to do with perspectives. It has to do with the level of light you walk in. It has to do with the way you see it. You see, the difference between a stumbling stone and a stepping stone is how you see it. The very thing that causes somebody to stumble and fall, the same thing is a a stepping stone for somebody. It's just the way you see it and it's where you are standing in life. It's all about perspective. See, I hear you. you. And Peter here is saying that God has given unto us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. So there is nothing that you must be worried about because it's already done. It's been taken care of. Amen. The money is in your bank account. Amen. You got to go to the bank tomorrow morning and withdraw whatever you want. Amen. It's in the account. You know I was telling them on Easter Sunday, I said the difference between the will made by man and the will that Jesus made, the difference between those two will because the New Testament is a will. The Old Testament, the blood of John the Baptist sealed the Old Testament when his, his heart was taken off his body. The blood of John the Baptist sealed the Old Testament. And when the blood of Jesus was shared, it opened the New Testament. Now, in every wheel, the reason why people can contest wheels is because the one that made the wheel is not there. To defend it or to speak for himself but in the course of the new testament which was the which is the new wheel that god made for you and i the one who made the wheel is alive you didn't get it he died and on the third day he rose so he's alive he said i was he that died and i'm alive forevermore are you hearing me somebody so nobody can contest this wheel because the man that promised is alive to defend it so you can't take this will to any court it doesn't work because the man that made the will is alive to enforce what he put in the will that's why we can say in the name of jesus And all hell must bow. That's why the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. He's the same forevermore. If you believe it, lift up your hands. Shout yes. Sit down for two minutes.
0: Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Uh That The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of what? Wisdom and
1: revelation. That word revelation means illumination. Mm. Tell somebody you need an infusion and an injection of illumination. Wow. She so receive an injection of illumination. Mm. Somebody say, hmm. Mm. do you feel it? I feel it tell somebody i feel it i, feel, I it. feel it do you feel me somebody say i feel you say i feel you preacher i feel you you better feel me amen this is Paul talking and he said that the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may man. give unto you who is a believer born again, yes, tongue speaking, yes. Holy Ghost, field, yes. the spirit yes. of wisdom. Yes. Now, wisdom here is necessary because, you see, people who have knowledge are smart and they are intelligent, but they are not wise. Wow. You see, knowledge will make you smart and sometimes it gives you intellectual arrogance. Where you look down on everybody and think you are better than everybody. That's what knowledge does. It puffs up. It makes people arrogant and proud. And you you have this mentality where you think you know and you are smarter and better than everybody. That's knowledge. But wisdom makes you wise. And I'd rather be wise than being intelligent. Because you see, when you are wise, you operate at a level above knowledge. The reason here is knowledge is good, but it's limited. The doctor knows that smoking is not good for his heart, but he smokes. He has knowledge of what the smoking does, the damage it can do to your heart. But he lacks the wisdom, which is the ability or audacity to use wisely and intelligently and skillfully the knowledge you have. So you can have knowledge, but if you lack wisdom, you are limited. Ah. See, I hear you. I hear you. Now, we also need counsel. The counsel of the Lord is a higher level of frequency to walk in the spirit. The counsel of the Lord is is like the oracles of God. You know, so we'll deal with some of those things later. But let's finish. 17 and
0: 18. 17. So, and and to give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Mm -hmm. the knowledge of him. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That word enlightened here means illumination. That the eyes
1: of your understanding Mm -hmm. being illuminated. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Being
0: enlightened that Mm -hmm. ye may know. That you may know. What is the hope? Of his calling, there is a hope of our calling, folks. Mm. Uh huh. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, riches of glories of inheritance. Mm. Go ahead, in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his Mm -hmm. power Mm -hmm. to us, word who believe? To us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Uh huh. Verse 20, which he wrote in Christ when he raised raised him from the dead. Hallelujah.
1: Sat him on the right hand. Hear me. He's talking to the church. And and one of the things I pray for like never before than any other thing these days is illumination. Look at Psalm 13, verse 3. Illumination. Say illumination. Illumination. Because everything and every challenge and problem we have is a lack of light. When you have light, you are good. Go
0: ahead. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Do you know a lot of people are
1: sleeping the sleep of death? Yeah. There are people walking in this life and they think they are great. And they think they are powerful, but yet they are blind. They are blind because they are not seen from God's perspective. And until you see from God's perspective, you are blind. And the psalmist said, enlighten down my eyes, lest I think I'm good. Jesus said, eyes have day, but they see not. Somebody say, illumination. illumination. Come on, talk to me. Say, illumination. Illumination. You see, everything you ever needed is already provided. Hallelujah. The issue here is your inability to see. To see. And until you see, you are restricted and you are limited, you are you are restricted and you are disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. And this is what causes people. It doesn't matter whether you're a man of God, a prophet, a woman of God. I've seen a lot of prophets who are sharp wow. but are blind. Hey. Yeah. Wow. They see for others, but they can't see for themselves. Wow. It's a limitation. Wow. But I pray tonight hey. and today hey. that every limitation. Through spiritual blindness will be broken off of you. Say, I hear you. Come with me to 2 Kings 4 1 to 3. I want to begin some.
0: 2 Kings chapter 4, mm-hmm. reading from 1 to 3. Now there cried a certain woman uh-huh. of the wives of the sons of the prophets Get this. unto Elisha, uh-huh. saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Uh-huh. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons mm-hmm. to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, "What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house?" And she said, "Thine handmaid has not anything in the house." Underline the word "has not anything." Mm.
1: Tell somebody the answer is in your house. Is <laughs> there? The answer is here in this house amen i heard a lady tell me the other day papa i don't see my kind of a man in the church and i said girl you are sick (laughs) and i said you are very proud and arrogant you're telling me that god don't have a man when the bible said that now god is able to do exceedingly abundantly far beyond that which you can ever imagine or ask for you are telling me that god can give you your kind of a man i said please give me a break girl. give me a break god can give you any man you want yeah. yes he can you know, you, you have him come to a point where, like, like take Esther, an orphan, sitting somewhere minding her own business, among the 124 provinces of Kinahazaros. and God said, I'm going to dishonor Vashti the queen because she refused to honor me with her position. And God said, I honor those who honor me, and for those who despise me, I will treat them with contempt. And God said, you might be a queen, but because you dishonor me, I would despise you. And God took an orphan by the name of Esther. Qualify one that was unqualified. Grace qualifies the unqualified. And God said, I'm going to make a statement. Say, Lord, Lord. make make a statement through my life. So God picked an Esther. And just when she was settling in and beginning to think that she was qualified for that office, an uncle by the name of Mordecai came on the scene and reminded her. And said, girl, just in case you have forgotten yourself. Just in case you think it's because you are beautiful or pretty. And that you have something going for you than all the other women in the city. And that is the reason why you've been chosen. Let me remind you. That you have come into the kingdom for such a time like this, by divine providence, for a reason greater than yourself. And if you choose not to line up with the will of God, and for whatever reason you think you are so qualified and so good in yourself, God will bypass you, and help will come from somewhere else. And the only reason why esther made it was because she realized that she was insignificant she was nothing god is seeking for nothing and for nobodies to do something with them when i see people you know i had had a son great great man of god and he came to me messed up messed up and when he was leaving me he was a bishop and I've given an opportunity to preach all over the world. And I was listening to I was sitting there. And he was giving his address before he left. And I was heartbroken. Because when he was speaking, all the credit went to his earthly family. And how he comes from this great family. And how. And I just sat down there. And I was very, very disturbed in my heart for him. And I said, these ungrateful guy." They disadvantage themselves before they begin the race. And he came to me and said, Papa, do you have any advice for me? And I said, No, I don't. (laughs) And he said, Why? And I said, If it is in your heart to do right, you will do right. And if it is in your heart to do evil, you will do evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I said, i will advise you two years after today but right now i have nothing to say i don't want to spend my energy in advising a fool and i didn't tell him he was a fool i said in my head he's a fool (laughs) he's a fool because he's giving credit he's giving credit to his earthly family that could not do anything about his mess and threw him away and grace through me picked him up and made something out of him and instead of him to give credit to grace and to the vessel that great use he was giving credit to his earthly family and i said it is very clear to me why he struggled in the wilderness till i met him because there are people who don't know the value of grace and mercy amen the, 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 prof, the, the woman said, finish it. Look at what the woman said to verse 3. Verse 3.
0: Then he said, uh-huh. Go borrow thee vessels uh-huh. abroad of all thy neighbors, mm-hmm. even empty vessels. Mm-hmm. Borrow not a few. Verse 4. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy son, and shalt pour in unto all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. You know, you all know this scripture, but I'm tying it into my message, divine Mm.
1: or supernatural provision. Mm. What she needed was in the house. And she and her sons would have been sold and taken from her. And she had already lost her husband and she was about to lose her sons. And she would have been left with nothing. But the solution to her problem was in her house. Eyes are there, but they see not. And she went to the prophet crying And the prophet said I've heard your problem What do you have at home? Because God will work with what you have Tell somebody God will work with what you have have. And the problem is that Even though the solution And what we have Is right within our reach We despise what we have Because you see Until revelation reveals You see It is discovery that brings recovery And until you discover The value of a thing, you will never treat it with the necessary respect and faith that you must treat it with. She didn't know the value of what she had. She despised what she had. The Bible said, despise not the days of small beginnings. Tell somebody, you don't know me. me. Tell somebody, as you think you know know me, you don't know me. Wait till God is finished with me wait till i discover my capacity wait till i discover my provision wait till i discover my assignment you don't know me you know the bible said eyes have not seen nor ears heard nor entered the hearts of men what god has prepared for those who love him is there anybody here who love the lord now sit down for two minutes I have one of my pastors, I used to travel with him a lot, but I stopped traveling with him these days. Anytime we, we travel, we'll get to our destination, everybody's bag will arrive, his suitcase never arrived. And it was always so, more than four times, and it only arrives the day we are leaving. So the last time I said to him, I said, son, what is this about you? Every time we go somewhere, your suitcase won't come. And I said, you are creating too much stress for me. So I'm going to stop traveling with you for some time. He said, Papa, I understand. And I said, but what is the problem? He said, Papa, you won't believe this. I'm the first in my family, since God said, let there be light, that I've had a passport and sat in a plane before. So when the Bible says, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, it stands to reason that what God is about to do with your life has never been done before oh you didn't hear me you didn't hear me it has never been seen before do you know for some of you since god said let there be light in your family in your bloodline you are the first to sit in a plane yeah some of you are the first to sit in a plane some of you since god said let there be light you are the first to to see snow in your bloodline. Nobody in your family have seen snow before but you. Some of you, your father never bought a car and drove a car. Neither did your grandfather or grandmother. You are the first in your family to drive a car. It's a great achievement. Put your hands together and give God some praise here. It doesn't matter how you see it. When my father died and we went to the village to bury him, and I saw where my father was born and where he came from, the house he was born in, the room he was born in, and the human beings in that house, I understood my father's problems and his battles. (laughs) And some of you are sitting here in London, in the Queensland, looking so great and beautiful and handsome. If God removes the veil right now, And you see you, your grandmother's house, your grandfather's house. And how far you have come. You will stop all this oyiboting and begin to give God some praise. You, some of you in your family, you are the first to wear a suit. And some of you women in your bloodline, you are the first in your bloodline to even get extra help with your hair. Sit down, sit down. <laughs> we don't have value for things. She came to the prophet crying, Say, I need an intervention, I need a miracle, I have a need. And God said, The answer to the need you have is in your house. Tell somebody, The answer is in your house. You know what the problem is lack of light. We can't see. The solution is right there. Eyes are there, but they see not. I've come to the conclusion that to walk. Successfully in this life as a believer, you need illumination. Because every day, there is a breakthrough around us. But until your eyes is open to see, you are limited and you are disadvantaged. I was told a story in uh, in North California. A man sold his property, acres of land, and relocated to South Africa in search of gold. He sold the land years after the people who bought the new owners, who bought his land, discovered gold in his land. Then he came years after to try and get back the land and the new owner said, no sir, you sign off your rights to this land by the money we paid you and they paid him peanuts. There was gold in his own land and he sold it for peanuts in search of gold in another man's land. God, How I pray. How I pray that we will not sign off the inheritance of our children for peanuts. How I pray that you won't give up what is rightfully yours because you can't see. But the answer is right where you are, it's within your walls, it's not far away from you. You know, where we, we serve, uh, well, our main church is right now in the crown. I passed by that road for many times on the motorway and I never saw that piece of land. And for 20 years, I kept going to Lands Commission in search for a land. And later they gave me some acres of land at Fadama. And the Lord said, if you take the church there, you will kill the church. And I said, then where do I go? So I went into a fast for 21 days. And on the 20th day, a Muslim, Alaji Abbas, Cuba, of blessed memory, called me and said, Osafu. And I said, Alaji. And he said, as alaikum And I said, Alaikum salam. <laughs> a- and he said, we have to meet. It's a greeting of peace. So I said, okay. And we met. He said, I just discovered something that there is a piece of land on the Sprintex Road, and according to the document, it's been allocated to a company. But when I began to search and followed it, I realized that that company does not exist. So I want to take you to see, and he brought me to where we are right now, and he said, do you like it? And I said, he said, I'll talk to the president, President Rollins, and I'll come back to you. And he called me and he said, you can have it. And that piece of land, and listen to something, my father, who was a non-believer, had a strange dream. And in the dream, he saw himself driving on that spintech road, and it was two lanes like it was right now. And then he saw this building, and there were hospitals and banks and offices and a university, everything we have right now. He saw it, and he said, he asked somebody, who does this belong to? And the gentleman said, come with me. And they took him through a lift, and he came to the third floor, and I came out, and he said, you, Nicholas? So he said to me, he said, son, Don't take the church out of that area. And I said, Dad, there is no land there, it's all gone. And he said, Well, write down my dreams. It will happen. Now, my father was not born again. He saw it 20 years before it happened in a dream. An unbeliever. And when I came there, they were selling more lands in the area, and I didn't want it. I was upset. For coming that far because we lost over a thousand people to other churches in the city at that time. And everybody said I was finished because I lost people. Nobody wanted to travel that far to that area. Buses, taxis, nothing came there. And my my members were youth. They had nothing. They used to walk barefooted. And to bring them that far, we used to see snakes and all kinds of things. Human bodies killed and thrown into the bush in that area where the church is. Nobody would come there. And the, the Lord said to me, if you move the church to that area, I will move the city to you. Wow. Now, find out the most busiest and hot place in town. Yeah. is the Sprinters Road. Yeah. He said, I'll bring the city to you. And he did. After many years, a lot of people thought there was something wrong with me. But God, but God, say but God. Yeah. And, and, and watch this. They were selling in those days an acre of land at East Lagon for $100 in those days, and I won't buy it. I said, I've come that far, and you are moving me into the interior. No way. The 100 acres, the one acre for $100 in those days, today, a plot of land at East Legon is $100,000. You know what disadvantaged me? Lack of illumination. I have eyes, but I couldn't see. And sometimes I get very depressed when I see what has happened to the area. And if I had a little bit of illumination in those days, what would have happened? I would have bought every land to Sakumono. For nothing. And I, I would have been the biggest thing in town today. And I don't want you to be disadvantaged. By what disadvantaged me? The only thing that disadvantaged me was illumination. Lack of illumination. I have eyes, but I couldn't see the future. Illumination gives you advanced knowledge. See, I hear you. I hear you. She said, I have nothing but a little what? A little oil, a little cruise of oil. And the prophet said, that is the solution. You are sitting here looking for an answer and a solution to come from somewhere, but the answer is with you. I'm telling you, what you need is illumination that helps you to change the way you think, your perception, and to see what you are not seeing. That is all. Something has been hidden from you. If you can see, you are okay. See, I hear you. I hear you. First, First Kings 17. 10 to 16, quickly.
0: First Kings 17, 10 to 16. So mm-hmm. he arose and went to Zarephath. Uh-huh. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. Mm-hmm. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, mm-hmm. I pray, a little water in a vessel mm-hmm. that I may drink. And she was going, and as, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in mm-hmm. thy hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I have what? Not a cake. I have not? Not a cake. I have what? Not a cake. Realize, you will see this
1: pattern throughout, that everyone did not value what they had. That was the problem. Hmm. The solution was in her house, but she said, me and my son will eat and what? Will eat and what? Do you know how many people are dying who must not die? And what killed them was their inability to see Mm. that the answer was right with them. She said, me and my son will what? Eat and die. But that was the same thing. That thing they have no respect and value for. That thing they underestimated had the capability to preserve them till abundance came. Wow. What you need is in the house. It's right where you are. Go ahead.
0: Mm, mm, mm. And behold, I am gathering two sticks mm-hmm. that I may go in and dress it for me and my son uh-huh. that we may eat and die. Uh-huh. And Elijah said unto her, yeah. fear not Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, first. and bring it unto me, uh-huh. and after make for thee uh-huh. and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. You see, most times when we are lacking and we are in need, We become
1: self-centered and selfish. And the first thing we think about is us. But the prophet said, the thing you think is nothing that can feed only you and your son have the capability to feed more than you and your son. It can feed your neighbor and feed others and feed somebody else and still have enough that can take care of you and your son and keep eating out of that same pot till abandon comes. And the prophet said, do you know that the woman had prayed? Let me, let me paint a picture. The woman had prayed and said, God, I don't want to die. I know that this is my last meal. And if something don't happen, I will die. And I don't want to die prematurely. I don't want my son to die. Do something. And God said, okay, I will do something. I will give you an opportunity to share what you have. I will give you an opportunity to take care of my prophet. And if you can go past yourself and forget about yourself and share out of what you have with the prophet, then... On that principle, I can keep you alive. But if you don't sow out of your need and out of your poverty, you will die. So the prophet was sent, not for himself, but to keep the woman alive and the son alive. So the prophet came, and God said, I will give you an opportunity to live and not to die. Giving is living. And so, when the prophet came, he understood that it was for his sake. And said, girl, give me first to eat. Take care of me first. You do that this time as a preacher. You'll be on front page tomorrow morning. Yeah. That you are insensitive and you have no compassion. Yeah. But the prophet said, you give me first to eat. Mm. Out of what you said, is little and it's nothing. You don't have regard and value for what you have. But what you have can feed more than you. And he has the capability to feed others and to take care of you until abandon comes. But we don't have value for small things. But God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And, and, and I always say to people, I said, I said, for me, when people look at me and see greatness, I don't see the greatness they see. Because I've come to one understanding, having worked with all these fathers in the Lord, and the fathers I worked to, I was very, very close to them. I wasn't just somebody who was out there, I was inside. And and we talked some deep things and I engaged them deeply. Engaged them very deeply. I've come to one conclusion that I am nothing without the grace of God. And that I don't deserve anything. That God didn't choose me because I was smart because I went to any school or knew better than any of my 43 brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah, my father's children are 37 and my mother has six. You hear me? But, but I was chosen. Don't look at me with that look. You also have your own. You sit down there looking like an angel. Only God knows what is in your background. If we, if we remove the veil right now, so don't look at me with that look. Say, what a shock. Why shock? I, I am a product of the grace of God, so I don't take credit for anything. Wow. You know, if anybody thinks I'm humble, that is where my humility comes from. Okay. That I don't take credit for anything but grace, period. Mm. So when I see people very arrogant, you know, um, I was talking to a, uh, one of my sons, I said, I think it was Pastor David. And I said, I want you to start teaching on the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And if you look at the seven churches, that is where the church is right now. He said, he said you say you are rich. You've increased in goods. You have everything. You lack nothing. But God said, you are blind. You are wretched. You are naked. You are poor. Spiritually, that is how I defined you and that is where the church of jesus christ is today people are becoming so very arrogant and think they have arrived because of material goods you cannot compare spirituality to material goods. are you hearing me if if material goods is what determines spirituality then bill gates and warren buffett and so many of these guys would have been very spiritual so be careful Tell somebody, careful. Tell somebody, take it easy. Tell somebody, I know you have arrived, but take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> the woman prayed and said, God, I don't want to die. Keep me alive. And God said, the only way I can keep you alive is to sow out of what you have. God said, girl, you don't have a harvest to keep you alive. And what you have is not bread, it's seed. And if you don't sow that seed, you have no harvest to live. That your longevity is determined by your harvest, which comes through your seed. And this thing you have that you think is nothing, there is a seed within it. And I need you to release that seed to the prophet to give me the right to keep you alive. And even though I don't want you to die, if you don't sow, you will die. And that is what the church don't get. We don't get it. Prayer is not going to do what a seed does. You don't have a harvest by prayer. You have a harvest by the seed. And if you eat the seed, you've destroyed your harvest. See, I hear you. I hear you. Come, with me to, come with me to Exodus, the 15th chapter. Reading from the 23rd to the 25th verse. Exodus chapter 15, 23 to 25. Hear me. I am speaking to potential financial moguls here. I'm speaking to oil sheikhs. I'm speaking to potential business tycoons. I have seen, I have seen millionaires raised in my own church. Yesterday. Pastor was there. A guy was talking about how he had broken through by covenanting with my ministry. And he started with nothing. And the first time he tied, corporate tied, he moved to $20 million. And the next time, $54 million. And he's going on. He's moving. So I've seen people with nothing. One time he came to me and said, Papa, this year I'm going to give the church a million dollars. And before six months, he had it. And I'm telling you that the principles of the kingdom works. And and sometimes I laugh at people who question the scriptures and they question. People who tell you when you give to the house of God or you give to men of God, they question your intelligence and insult you. They are to be pitied. Are you hearing me, somebody? And, and I pity people who are very Intellectually arrogant And they build their life based on The wisdom of men And natural senses I look at them and they are to be pitied Because I've seen them go to bed And don't wake up I've seen something happen to them And with all their wisdom and intelligence They disappear from the face of the earth And I've seen them disappear Decades, 41 years I've been preaching up to today And there is not one person Who mocked God Or mocked anyone that honored God Whose end was honorable I've seen all of them, their end And it was miserable And I've seen them go into coma And they couldn't even set their own house in order And they died and their wealth and everything Died with them and was buried with them and their dignitaries and their honor and excellencies were buried, and their name have disappeared from the face of the earth. And when you mention their name, this generation don't even remember them or know anything about them. Don't let anybody fool with you, eh? Go ahead.
0: Exodus chapter fifteen, from verse twenty-three to twenty-four, mm-hmm. and to twenty-five. 25. Yeah. And when they came to Marah, uh-huh. they could not drink of the waters of Marah, uh-huh. for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Uh-huh. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, uh-huh. What shall we drink? Uh-huh. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord what? Go ahead. Mm. Which, when he had cast into the waters, where was the tree? Where was it? the
1: tree was planted by the rivers or the waters of mara Mm. when the waters of mara was being created god said to an angel plant a tree by the waters of mara and give it the ability to turn bitter into sweet for it shall be needed it shall be needed one day of my children when they are coming from egypt through this land they will need this and the waters was bitter that they couldn't drink out of the water. And Moses cried and said, Lord, help. And the Lord said, what's the problem? He said, the waters are bitter. He said, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Tell them to cut a branch of that tree planted right by the waters of Mara, throw it into the waters. And what was bitter became sweet. Hear me, the answer is not far away from you. The solution is right where you are. But eyes are there, but they see not. I pray that as you live here today, There will be illumination that your eyes will be open. Hear me. Sit down for two minutes. You know why the journey of 40 days became a journey of 40 years? Because of lack of illumination. This thing is very serious. When you can see, it can prolong your journey in life. I'm telling you. A journey of 40 days became a journey of 40 years because of lack of illumination. When Israel was going to the promised land, God gave them lands. There are nations today that were part of the nations God gave to Israel. You know what their problem was? They were looking for a land flowing with milk and honey, and they passed by lands that had so much oil, and they were walking work- on oil not knowing that they were working on oil. Despise it, looking for the land flowing with milk and honey and bypass all those land. And years after, their enemies came and occupied those land because they didn't occupy it. Wow. Wow. Check your scriptures, you see. that a lot of the lands that is flowing with oil today, were all part of the lands that God gave to Israel, but they did not take occupancy of it because they were looking for the land flowing with milk and honey. I pray for you that you will miss it in your day. Oh, it's very easy to miss it. I'm telling you, I've seen people miss it in life. I've seen businessmen, politicians, men and women. I've seen them miss it in life. I've seen them miss it in life. I was talking to one of my political sons the other day. I have a lot of them. He was running for office for his country. And I said to him, I said, You know something? You won't make it on this race. So save the money. Wait for your time. And people said to me, Don't believe Papa, you know. So I said, No problem. And he went. Wasted the money, didn't win, still came back. He's still my son. I'm still his father, but he's broke. (laughs) You know, before the Kenya election, the vice president came to see me. He was standing for election as president. And he came with his wife and some team and we prayed. And I said, it's not yet your turn. You will not win. I said, I'm telling you, you will not win. It's not your turn. I said, but if you join Uhuru Huru Kenyata as his vice, you will win. So I said, go and join the Huru Kenyatta. That's my wife's friend. So I said, go join him. And I said, it is his time to win. History is about to repeat itself. There is something in the bloodline that gives him an advantage. And I said, join yourself to his chariot, and you'll be vice president. But if you go on your own, you'll be disadvantaged. And he went and joined with Uhuru Kenyatta, and he's now the vice president. Are you hearing me, somebody? If you hear me, if you can see, if you can see, if you have illumination, you'll become a game changer in life. Are you hearing me, somebody? That was what made Abraham different than Lot. Lot saw. He saw the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham said, take anything you want. Choose anything and I'll go the opposite. And he went where milk and honey was flowing. And Abraham said, you take it, I will go somewhere else. Because what I have and what I carry, it doesn't matter where you put me, I will flourish. Are you hearing me somebody? It doesn't matter where you take me, I will break through. Say yes. Say yes. Tell somebody you are a game changer. You are a game changer. The power. To turn the bitter waters of Mara into sweet was right there. I pray for you from today. That in this journey of life. That you will no more be disadvantaged. Because of the lack of illumination. Hear me, look at me, look at me. All the problems you have. And everybody has a problem including myself. We are, everybody is dealing with something. And you know what the problem is? Is the lack of illumination I'm telling you that's all it is God is not going to do anything new for us He's already done But what activates And brings from the realms of the spirit Into the realms of the natural What brings the manifestation Of what exists already for you and I In the realms of the spirit Is illumination
0: That's it Let's look at some few scriptures. Genesis 21, 16 to 19. Genesis 21, 16, right through to 19. And she went and sat her down over mm-hmm. against him a good way off, uh-huh. as it were a, a bow shot. Uh-huh. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. Uh-huh. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the Lord. Uh-huh. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. Arise, lift up the Lord, and behold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. Verse 19, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with at water. Where was the well of water? Where?
1: Come on, talk to me, somebody. Where was it? And do you know, she and the son would have died for the lack of water. And yet, there was a well of water right where she was. Eyes have day, but they see not some of you sisters believe in God for a husband your husband is sitting behind you or before you or by your side but you can't see it no you can't see it because you've been veiled it's a veil so you are looking all around but what you need is right where you are and do you know what the problem of a lot of sisters are they are looking for a ready-made but you never hear me hear me let me finish no 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 i'm not saying i'm not saying you should look for just anything but let me tell you god has this sense of humor i'm telling you he does some very strange things you never see a diamond or a gold on the street you gotta dig you gotta go deep it's always hidden that you have to clear the debt and the mess and the rock the stones to get in there and most times sisters let me tell you most times the good man don't come on a silver platter you need illumination to see the future of the person come on somebody say yes you see me today and the way i look if i wasn't married I will be a hot thing on the market. Oh, come on. Now, now, if I don't say that, ain't nobody gonna say it for me. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody said it. He said it. If you don't define yourself, nobody shall define you. Are you hearing me? But you should see me then. You should see me then. I was somewhere in those days. And you, you you see, it took it took illumination to tell that this man is going somewhere. And so, sisters, don't wait for a ready-made. Ask for illumination. Because illumination will cause you to see what. The present can't tell. Illumination is advanced knowledge. Illumination will show you the future. Ask Awo. Ask Awo. When? No. They used to talk. David used to call Awo when he lived in my house. They used to chat on the phone. and, And one time I caught him using my phone. And he was ready he was rarely into her, that he even disobeyed my orders. But, David didn't look at, he didn't look like anything in those days. He didn't look like anybody going somewhere. But I also saw something others didn't see. Somebody say, hey, 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 hey! Hey, 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 hey! You know, so, so sisters, you see David right now, the way he dressed, the way he looks he didn't look that way before but I was saw today before then come on somebody say yes place your right hand on your eyes and say illumination say let there be light say sight vision be in Jesus name put your hands together sit down for two minutes That's the problem. That's the problem. Bill Gates didn't pray to be a billionaire. It wasn't prayer. He had illumination of something. He saw something that was lacking. And he met a need. And money followed him. Warren Buffett was asked, how do you make it? Every investment you make works. He said, when people are running from the market, I run to the market. And when the market is good and everybody is running to the market, I get out of the market. (laughs) Say illumination. Uh When the market is bad and everybody is leaving the market, that is when I get in. Because I see something others don't see. And when everybody is running to the market because the market is good, I check out. (laughs) See <laughs> illumination. illumination. Ah, you know in the beginning when God came he saw the state of the earth that it was full of darkness and darkness had covered the face of the deep. And God said with what I'm about to do with what I'm about to create I need to form before I create. So the Bible said and God God created. He, he created before he formed. He created man, male and female gave them dominion uh, over the earth and said, multiply, be blessed, replenish the earth. So man was created, but man was not formed. Because if you look at Genesis 1, 28, he was created. And then if you go to Genesis 2 and 5, the Bible said, for the earth reign." did not fall because there was no man on the earth to till the ground, but man was created. It was after he was created that he was formed. So there's a difference between being created and being formed. Before he formed, he had to create, say vision, vision. say illumination. illumination. And hear me, he created the world in six days. He could have done everything in one day. But God is a God of process. Tell, somebody, say, tell say somebody process. You see, it is the process one is subjected to that determines one value at the marketplace. Your value at the marketplace is determined by the process you went through. If you don't go through any process, you have no value at the marketplace. Somebody say, I hear, I hear you. Come with me. Let me show you another scripture. Matthew chapter 14, verse 16 and 17.
0: Matthew 14. I'm
1: sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling my pants. Some of them, you keep seeing me pulling my pants. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing weight, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing weight, you know. Uh, I just said to myself, I, I got to lose some weight and got to get this stomach to go down I I, got to show this American girl that I I, I still got it Mm. tell somebody he still got it, he still got it don't mess with me girl, I I still got it amen I'm I'm reversing aging I I ain't going nowhere baby you know so I'm knocking this thing down I got to get it more slim. I need some more capabilities and stamina. I I, need her to call me my Lord, my Lord. The Bible said that Sarah called Abraham my Lord. And women don't call you my Lord until you got stamina in the bedroom. Say yes. You can look at me any way you want to look at me. Tell somebody it is what it is. It is what it is. When when you see a woman in the morning angry when she's getting the children ready to go to school. And she's breaking bottles and the glass and screaming on the kids. It means last night. There was no show. woman singing in the morning yes god is good yes god is good yes god is good he's good to me come on put your hands together and scream
0: sit that for two minutes did i say that
1: Okay. No, mind me. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew fourteen sixteen to seventeen.
0: Matthew fourteen sixteen. But Jesus said unto them, uh-huh. Here's something. They need not depart. Uh-huh. Give ye them to eat. Uh-huh. and they said unto him, uh-huh. We have here but five loaves and two fishes.
1: But five loaves and two fishes. Uh huh. Go ahead.
0: And he said, bring them hither to Uh me. Uh And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Uh A grass in the desert? Where did the grass come from? In the Uh desert? Uh That's another preaching for another day. Go ahead. Uh And took the five loaves Uh and the two fishes. Uh And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples. Uh And the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Out of five loaves and two fishes.
1: The Bible said it is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. It's not how hard you work, but the blessing of the Lord. And there are things that qualifies you for the blessing of the Lord. And when the blessing comes on nothing, and on little, it multiplies it. Are you hearing me, somebody? All you need in this life, apart from working hard, is the blessing of the Lord. I've seen people who work so hard and yet struggle. And I've seen others who don't work that hard like others. But with the blessing of the Lord, they make such a difference in life. Philip didn't see what the five loaves and the two fishes could do. But Jesus saw... The five loaves and the two fishes feeding the multitudes and 12 baskets left behind. Wow. It's a matter of illumination. Somebody say illumination. Yeah. Come with me to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Reading from the 13 verse. Genesis 22. Reading from
0: the 13 verse. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. Go to verse 12. Go to verse 12. And he said, "Lay not thy hand upon the lad; uh-huh. neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know uh-huh. that thou fearest God, mm-hmm. seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, mm-hmm. thy only son, from me." Mm-hmm. Verse thirteen. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, mm-hmm. and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorn, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up a burnt offering instead of somebody's
1: illumination
0: (coughs) illumination
1: you see before abraham got to the mount of Moriah, the provision for the sacrifice was tied up what he needed was tied up it was already there it was tied up he couldn't see it he had to fulfill all righteousness and when he took the knife to sacrifice his son The voice of Elohim echoed from the corridors of eternity into time and said, don't even try, touch not the Lord, for now I know that you fear God. And the Bible said, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and behind him, it wasn't before him, it was behind him, and he saw behind him. It wasn't the natural senses, it was the prophetic senses. He saw behind him a ram tied by the horn you see, and, 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 and these rams in the forest, they fight with their horn. their strength is in their horn. and Abraham was over hundred years at that time and God said, because you have fulfilled all righteousness, I'm going to take the fight out of the blessing so you can have the blessing and the ram will not resist you the ram will not give you any hard time, it won't fight I will take the fight out of the blessing may God take the fight out of the blessing blessing coming your way there will be no contention about it there will be no complications there will be no fighting there will be no wrestling over this one in the name of jesus say i believe before abraham got to the mount of moriah the provision was already there the ram was already there cut and tied up but he couldn't see it. He had to fulfill our righteousness. And God said, now that you fulfill our righteousness, you know something, when you live here today, I was preaching, he said it yesterday, uh, Bishop Francis. I was preaching for Bishop Francis some years ago, and he had this big church. And when I took the microphone, I saw them in another building in my spirit. I was in his church, but I was I was standing in another building, and that building was his church. So I said to him, I said, You 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 move out of here. And I said, There's another building for you, bigger and better than this, not too far away from where you are, where you are right now. He said it yesterday. He said, he said to the wife, I don't understand, Papa. I have lived in this community for 15 years. There is no building bigger than this. This is it. And one month after, he was told about a building that John Wesley used to preach in it. Not too far away from where they were. And churches that had money more than him were bidding for it. And they had one week to go to the table. And a bank, a bank and a manager who didn't didn't know him and he wasn't banking with, gave him four million pounds within one week to buy the building. He said it yesterday. And he said to, and somebody, one of the agents came and said, listen, I won't mention the name of the church. He said, that church is the only church that will compete with you because they have money and everything and they'll get it. And he said, listen, nobody is getting it because Papa has prophesied that that building is mine and I'm going for it. Let me tell you something. There are some of you seated here right now. Whatever you ever need to make a difference in your life is already tied up. I pray that you would discover. I pray that it shall be released. I pray for the manifestation of whatever you ever needed. That it shall be released into your hands. If you believe it, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. yes. Sit down for two minutes. You don't need to struggle anymore. I'm telling you. There are so many things I don't pray for anymore. I don't pray for so many things. It comes to me. Yes. I don't normally do this, but I want to take today's offering, man. In the offering, I just want to challenge you. And I want to show you why people give and they don't receive. And why so many people struggle in their financial work with God. First Corinthians chapter 9,
0: verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. First Corinthians 9.7 uh-huh. Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planted a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock?
1: No, I think, uh, check Second Corinthians. I'm looking at a man's purpose in his heart, so let him give the heart.
0: Second Corinthians yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 Every man according as he purposeth in his heart mm-hmm. so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver.
1: This is where this is where true giving comes from. Mm. Giving must never be emotional. Mm. I don't like emotional givers. Because when you give emotionally you can change your mind. Wow. I don't like emotional givers. Emotional giving can bring you a curse. But when you purpose in your heart and you don't even speak it, whatever you purpose to give, it doesn't belong to you anymore. When you come to service before offering and you purpose in your heart that you are giving 10 pounds, as soon as you purpose 10 pounds in your heart, That 10 pounds is no more yours, it's God's. And if you change it, you have dishonored God. Because you've made a vow. A vow comes out of the heart. And the Bible says, as a man purpose or a woman purpose in his heart, so let him give." And I've seen people purpose things to do for God or God's servant. And some of them even say it with their mouth. And and, and they go back at it. I have purpose and I have made vows to do something for God. And even for churches. And sometimes they offend me. They hurt me. I get hurt. I get offended. But I realize that what I purpose in my heart to do was to God. And it doesn't matter how offended or hurt I am, I must honor that word. Because you see, if you don't have respect for your words, God will never have respect for you. And if you don't value your own words, you will never value the scriptures. Wow! wow. wow. So you don't even have to say it. Whatever you have purpose in your heart, I want you to purpose in your heart today to do something extraordinary. Mm. Not what you do all the time. Purpose and whatever you purpose, do it. Purpose in your heart. And sometimes I've, I've, I've made decisions in my heart for things I will do for God. And for some individual, and sometimes they hurt me, they offend me, they disappoint me. But I realize that what I purpose in my heart to do, it's already done. Because it's a vow to God and I can't go back at my words. Please, if you've ever made a pledge... If you've ever made a vow in your heart mm. and you went to the extent that your mouth spoke it, don't fool with it wow. because God is holding you to it. Wow. Wow. If you give according to what you purpose in your heart, you will always work in abundance. Amen. And when I say give, I'm not talk- talking about just money. Mm. Commitment. Mm. Commitment. I have made commitments in my heart to do things for certain individuals. And sometimes those very people I help, they stab me at the back Mm. and they betray me. But I've come to realize that betrayal is a spirit. Because it didn't matter what God did. For Lucifer, he still betrayed God. Mm. If you look at at Isaiah 14 and if you look at Ezekiel 28, God so blessed this guy, Lucifer, and yet he betrayed God as a spirit. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you do for... A loved one, if they have a spirit of betrayal, they'll betray you. But I'll tell you something about people who betray. People who betray, they always end up hanging themselves. Ahithophel betrayed David, even though David was wrong. He hanged himself. Absalom betrayed his father, hanged himself. Judas betrayed Jesus, hanged himself. They always hanged themselves. And I've come to that conclusion. So I don't fight people who betray me anymore. I laugh. And I say, God, grant me grace to live long enough to see your vindication. I'm waiting for the day I will see them hang themselves. That is all the prayer I pray for. Because they always hang themselves. Let me show you one scripture and then I hand over to pastor to take the offerings. Genesis 18, 12 to 15. Look at something.
0: Genesis chapter 8, mm-hmm. 18. 12, Genesis 18, uh-huh. 12 to 15. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. She saying, laughed where? Within herself. That was, she laughed in her heart.
1: Watch something. Saying, After mm-hmm. I am waxed old, uh-huh. shall I have pleasure? Some of you, you think you are old, eh? God is about to blow your mind. Your best days are ahead of you. Your latter will be greater and sweet and beautiful than your past. If you believe it, shout here. Yeah. You have to keep hope alive. You hear me? It doesn't matter what has happened to you in life. If you don't get bitter, you will get better. Tell somebody, don't get bitter. You see, if you become bitter, eh, you won't age well. And I've seen a lot of people that don't age well, and I know why. Bitterness, bitterness, offenses. They carry bitterness and offenses, and it kills and takes away the oil in their bones, and it dries up the bones, and they die. I have decided, it doesn't matter who does me wrong, you will hang yourself, I won't touch you. I won't touch you because vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I leave you to God and I'm minding my own business. I'm not going to age badly. As a matter of fact, I'm determined that when I'm 70, 80, 90, 100, I'm still going to be young. And I'm going to enjoy this woman. You can look at me any way you want to look at me. <clears throat> <clears throat> She's telling me I she close. No problem. Hallelujah.
0: Go right, ahead, finish it. After I'm waxed over, <laughs> I think,
1: I think, I think, I think Frank is catching some revelations. Go right. ahead. My Lord being old, also. What did she say? My, Lord. my, husband. No,
0: my, Lord. my husband.
1: My husband. Come on, talk to me. My husband. My Lord. When I was saying that the woman would call me Lord, some of you were looking at me some way. It's right in the Bible, baby. My what? My Lord. I want every wife here to receive that revelation in the
0: name of Jesus. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Uh Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child Uh when I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm -hmm. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Stop there. She laughed within her heart. And God heard it. So when
1: you make vows in your heart. Of what you will do for God. He hears it. And he says surely as I live," Said the Lord. As you have spoken into my ears. So will I do it unto you. Today. I want you to take your tithes. And your offerings. And your first fruits. And if you have any vow. You have vowed in your heart. And you have been delivered. Vow to deliver today and watch and see what god will do now with your vows and your offerings your first food and your tithes remember you have to say something into his ears he has to hear you for we the hard man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation say something tell somebody say something You have to speak your desires and your wishes And God said if you confess it into my ears I will do it So God is waiting to hear you say something And watch God bring it to pass Once again it's always a delight to be with you Thank you Pastor David and Abu and all of you For having me be with you and fellowship with you today I pray that as you live here today You will receive some illumination And revelation will come to you Like you've never had it before And that illumination will distinguish you and your siblings. That illumination will make a difference between you and others. Illumination will make a difference between you and your countrymen. And the color of your skin and wherever you come from. Let illumination
0: be that which makes you differ from others. Amen.